It's the Heart of a Fighter Show! Guys, thank you for joining me. I'm Johan Francis. We are here, and you're here mostly. Thank you for listening. This is the show where we talk everything inside the four walls of the gym with the iron, with the rubber, with the overhead squats, with the hot Pilates, with the stretching. Anything it takes to keep you guys motivated and active, we're here to talk about it. Today we're going to talk about aesthetics. Looking good, feeling good when you step through the doors of the gym. Doesn't matter to you guys. Do you need to feel great in order to work out? How much do your aesthetics play into your fitness? Right? This might be kind of a nebulous question. Like, what does it matter what I look like? What does it matter how I'm dressed? What does it matter what I do on the outside? Right? Do you inherently have to do push ups to be really good at being? you know, a hand model to be a plumber, right? To service, you know, heating and and air conditioning. Do you naturally have to be stronger in shape to do those types of jobs? Or is it okay to get into shape on on the outside, in the gym, so you could be a better real estate agent? What is the nexus, right? What is the nexus of fitness versus what it is that you do? Is fitness merely an aesthetic component this is one of those questions that i ask myself regularly not necessarily for me but for my trainees let me explain when i see you guys come in the gym you guys are hot with the piss and the vinegar you guys are ready to get after it man there's no question you i see it in your eyes man i see the fire right i see the time it takes ticking down you guys are in a hurry you want your goals you know what i mean yeah maybe you've extrapolated three months out but you want your goals you're hungry for it you're willing to do everything and guess what when we get there i notice a lot of us fall back on these semi-aesthetic goals right at first it was lose 35 pounds so that my wedding so that my back stops hurting and i can get back on the the treadmill Right, or maybe go to that class, or I have competition. Once you get there, you're like, cool, now I hit my goal, my meta goal. Now I want my biceps to look great, and that's it. I'm not saying that this is some type of check down audible, you know, you know, more like kind of a dumber, easier goal. Not at all. If you want to have, you know, nicer looking triceps, that's your prerogative. And by all means, set your sights high. But what I mean is, to what extent does you, do you having the nicest body shape in the world have to do with what it is you perform outside? How does having a strong chest and back help you? Right. If you're a great, you know, um, if you're a great, you know, performance artist. Well, I had to ask myself that question once again when I met Claire, because she was super resistant to doing the things she needs inside the gym. Right. In fact, I just met someone uh, way before the quarantine business who also helped me raise that question about herself because she was. She's very much into the yoga, very much into the stretching side of her fitness, and then she's in here trying to deadlift, and it was like she had to go dig deep for a whole reservoir of 
do it fluid just to get through some of these workouts. And I'm like, wow, she really has to pump herself up to do something that seems relatively easy, right? What is that? What is the dissonance between, oh, I'm a really, really, really good substitute kindergarten teacher. I shouldn't be working out. I'm a really, really, really good paddleboard instructor. I don't need to learn how to do deadlifts. What is that dissonance? Because it seems to be active out there. And it's one of these things I want to help you guys get over. Claire. All right. I met her a few years back, right? And she's tall. She's tall. She's got the uh, um, got the bunned up hair in the gym every time. And I found her to be a real intelligent person. Really erudite. The moment I met her, she was challenging convention. She had that humor with the witty quips that came right at your face like an archer's arrow from the distance. And you were sitting there like, or I was sitting there like, I'm going to have to break stuff down extra, extra for her because she's going to want that. I like it, so I'm with it, right? I'm fucking with it. So, Claire's coming in, and she's just constantly having to convince herself, right? All six foot one of her and her, you know, uh, her um, uh, not very muscular body, right? She's constantly convincing herself that she needs to learn how to do bench pressing, to squat with the bar, right, to do push-ups. And what did Claire do for a living? Well, picture a six-foot, one-inch, fair-skinned, right, lady who's got a sharp sense of humor and a lot of erudite wit bent over a glowing computer screen Right, her knees touching her elbows almost, talking with a resident or a PhD advisor. She had just achieved her PhD. So, yeah, pretty smart or at least hardworking at the very least. Just got her PhD. I think maybe she's in her uh, mid-30s like me, right? So she just gets her PhD and for some reason she cannot get it through her mind that her liberal arts learning self is supposed to learn how to do a weighted back squat. Like the two things are so distant in her psyche and mind that she cannot convene the two ideas. What do I need a PhD on the wall when I've got, you know, two wheels on my back and I'm descending into a squat, you know, like I'm some kind of power lifter. I'm guessing this is what she's thinking. And so this became the hurdle. She kept shaking it off because to her, eating Thin Mints for breakfast and not like freaking eggs, right, which is one of the barriers we had to get over together. And we were able to do it. She's a great, great lady. Um, that was normal for her because guess what? When she was studying her ass off to try and get this PhD, Thin Mints <laughs> were a salubrious option. And a convenient and tasty one, too, I'm guessing. And so that was a great breakfast choice. But guess what? When she decides I need to kick my life into high gear, I need to change my focus, right? Back squats, bench press, and push-ups are where I need to be. And I can't do all this and get gains when I'm eating Thin Mints for breakfast. 
I'm glad she finally made that connection. And so she'd come in with her big sweatpants, right, and her half halter tops and try to crank out some push-ups, and we'd work hard together. And I must say she was a very determined person. We were able to do more with her from her starting point, right? We lost a few percent of body fat. We got her in shape. We introduced her to the world of kettlebells, right? She eventually, I think, tried to do some competitions, right? And it was because she stayed focused. And she finally got to this point where she was able to divorce, right? She's able to healthily separate the part of her that didn't want to train and was a PhD. Now, okay, we have to, and I want you guys to be able to understand this, all right? You are not two different types of people. You're not someone that divorces yourself from the things you don't like and embraces the things you like. You're one person. And this is something that when you're in your 20s, I know as a, as a man, is hard to come to grips with. That this idea that you're supposed to be this great person is something that you're going to, you know, advance towards. Whereas this, this, uh, uh, this ruffian, this vagrant, right, is someone you, ha- you acquiesce away from, right? No, no, no. We do things, and it just becomes with age and experience that you embrace those sides of you that you deem as good and bad. Do that with your fitness. Sometimes you might look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing? I have a Master of Fine Arts degree. Why am I running six miles a day? I'm a doctor. I don't need to bench press 315, right? Well, guess what? Maybe you want to do these things and those are mere hurdles that you're running into, okay? I always think of Claire, but on a global level or one example that I always think of is um, Snoop Dogg, right? So we all are familiar with this dude, right? We know about his background, something that he kind of touts to this day, right? Being formally known as a street guy. And you'd think a lot of street guys or those who have been on the inside take pride in the fact that they have bulging muscles, right? But then you look at Snoop and you're like, how are you supposed to be intimidating when you don't have no muscle mass? This is just how men think, by the way, probably, right? And then you look at Snoop and he doesn't seem to give a damn because the dude looks like he's 145 pounds, right? Even the late, great Nipsey Hussle decided to... When he got famous, he started to get real healthy. And I think this is just more of a matter of a generational acceptance of fitness. But look at Snoop, right? Look at someone like, I don't know, Marvin Gaye back in the day. Not very muscular people at all. But they're artists, and they're damn good at that. So why lift weights, right? I can imagine those two dudes looking at themselves and being like, I'm really good at music. I don't need to be good at bench pressing, (laughs) right? And I think that that pervades some people, especially you super intelligent people. You always love to put up these challenges. But let me assure you that there's nothing wrong with being someone that's, you know, really, you know, short, but loves doing, you know, a back squat, right? Women, don't be afraid to have 
you know, the triple C thick legs. If you're someone that loves to lift weights, guys, right? You ain't got to worry about being super huge like Larry Wheels or somebody and then being able to also run a 10K every weekend. That can happen. And I think this generation of millennials has especially, and even Gen Gen Zers, has made it more acceptable to trend towards fitness regardless of what your identity kind of brackets that you bracket yourself as allows or pertains to. In other words, don't trap yourself into this disguise of an identity that resists lifting weights. I can say that she was one of those people that was most hard-headed about acquiescing into fitness because she was this smart PhD lady that was didn't get a lot of sun, I'll just be honest, and was an extremely witty, smart, funny lady. You know, a woman, right? And then she's over here doing these squats and bench presses. And I'm like, yo, Claire, you know, just because you don't eat great in the morning doesn't mean you have to be that person. You can do this. And you can be the person who lifts weights and also has, you know, the highest of upper educations on the planet, right? Whereas I've trained plumbers and I've trained... Um, CFOs who are women and I've trained, you know, boxers and they don't resist so much. It kind of goes hand in hand. But I feel like there's some of us out there, especially if you're super artistic, right? Or in the case of this lady I just met who you really, really, really resist the idea that you should be doing 50 push-ups a day, right? Or even in an hour, right? Guys, I assure you, you're not giving up pieces of your personality by vowing to stay in shape. You're only adding to your aesthetic and your life cycle or your life force. Really, you're adding things to yourself, features and assets and interesting memes about your personality. You're building and not taking away or losing, right? You're not a vegan who has no problem wearing over-the-counter makeup. This isn't an affront, right, to who you are. This isn't some contradiction because you lift weights. You're not a contradiction because you lift weights and work out. And it sounds so ridiculous. And from my end, please take the second to imagine that. It might be from my end, right? The idea that you can't be super educated or really artistic, right? And also be a great bench presser, you know? But I guess people, you know, it's tough for people to look at it from my end because I'm always on the, you know, motivating. But think, do not, please, think instead that you're adding and rather than subtracting from who you are. You're building a stronger you. You're building a stronger foundation for yourself. Someone that is less resistant to the entropy, right, and bad things of a of a world that good and bad things happen to you. The more in shape you stay of mind and of body, the more you're able to kind of resist all the ebbs and flows of a daily life that doesn't always offer the best. Right? Sometimes you have a shit day, 
the more in shape you are, you can handle that. And so what do you think? Does it matter to feel good and to look good in order for you to work out all the time? Right? You see all these boxers come in the ring and you guys who would train and they'd have matching shoes with the gloves. The hand wraps have to match the gloves. Right? The shirt has to match the shoes. All that. Right? And you can do that. The brands all have to be rival brand boxing stuff. Why? Because you want to look good. If you look good, you feel good. Something that I never walked into any gym thinking that that had to be the case, right? But some people do. And I notice the more I feel like, oh, okay, you know, if I get, you know, the nicest gloves and I break them out and break them in, I feel great doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, there is something to be said about that. But I'm saying at what end do you guys need that? Right? Do you need that little crutch? Do you need to feel perfect in order to get a great workout in? Let me know. Let me know. Follow along on Podbean. Run the change on Facebook at Coach Johan CSCS. Go to the website, CoachJohanCSCS.com, and go to the YouTube channel and subscribe there, please. And again, follow me here on Podbean. And, of course, listen to all the episodes. We've got a lot of episodes. We've been going on for about two and a half years here. And I hope you guys are doing excellent, superb. And until the next one, you guys, stay up.